Michael Myers Minute. We delved into the 1978 horror classic Halloween one terrifying minute at a time. I'm your host, Robert Black. Minute 20. Dr. Loomis is on his way to Haddonfield. He has stopped to make a phone call. Loomis. If you don't, it's your funeral. Loomis hangs up the phone and steps out of the booth. He looks up the road. We get an IMDb goof. At around 19 minutes, when Dr. Loomis is talking in a phone booth after Myers escapes, it's your funeral. When he exits the booth and notices the abandoned truck, a crew member is reflected in the glass of the phone booth. Second nine. Yes, this goof is correct. The camera has moved around behind Loomis as he looks down the dirt road toward the abandoned truck. A crew member is visible reflected in the glass of the phone booth. The guy looks to be holding a boom mic, so it is probably Joe Brennan, boom operator. The truck is a 1958 Chevrolet Task Force Apache that belonged to production assistant, Red Caterer, Barry Bernardi. Bernardi. <laughs> With the Phelps garage bit added to the door. Bernardi also apparently plays the dead mechanic, but we'll get to that guy in a moment. There's another IMDb goof. Uh, again, at around 19 minutes, after Dr. Loomis has talked to the sheriff from a phone on the highway and warned him about Michael, he notices a red pickup truck and walks toward it to inspect it. We can hear the noise from the train that is coming towards the camera on the left side, shows up, and starts to pass. The next shot is from the opposite side, showing the doctor and the truck from the front. We can still hear the train passing, but there is no train in the background. I'm going to call this one wrong, and I'll explain. First of all, we don't know that Loomis talked to the sheriff. In fact, their exchange in minute 34 in front of Nichols Hardware suggests Loomis probably spoke to someone else in the sheriff's office. That's just a nitpick. It's okay. But as for the train, from the start of this shot in minute 19, we could see the layout. And I had a look at the Google Earth images for that location, and I've also been to the actual location. The street behind Loomis's car is Old Ranch Road, City of Industry. The larger street to the right is Brea Canyon Road. Train tracks cross Brea Canyon Road and curve away to the right. Now the rotating of the camera, good old Panaglide, makes the exact angles hard to gauge. Interestingly, today there would be no foliage between where the truck is parked and the train tracks. Uh, check our Instagram, Michael Myers Minute, you'll see some photos of what this location looks like today. The truck is coming from the northwest as Loomis approaches. Note that the tracks we see are roughly parallel to the position of the parked truck. The angle of the truck itself, not the road. Thus, the reverse angle is actually a little south of directly west, which means the train is actually headed off to the right, entirely out of view. So, wrong. Uh, then we get some script stuff that has been changed. This scene originally takes place in a gas station, not out on a highway, and is very reminiscent of a similar scene in Halloween 4. And I think the scene in Halloween 4, and I'll get to it when I get to Halloween 4, way down the line, is specifically calling back to this scripted scene, where Loomis comes upon an empty gas station. It's basically that. Although I don't think there's an explosion. I don't think they thought they'd have the budget. Anyway, instead of a dilapidated building, Loomis approaches the truck, finds Michael's discarded hospital clothes. Then, second 33, as scripted, his gaze returns to a discarded object crushed in the dirt of the driveway. A pack of cigarettes and a matchbook. He picks up the matchbook, says the Rabbit in Red Lounge. This is that 
weird clue from earlier. And I gotta wonder, why did Michael ever take the matches out of the station wagon? I think in the previous recording I suggested that maybe since Michael is effectively six years old, mentally, maybe he just decided to try smoking while he was out there. He's like, I'm out on the road, I'm by myself, I'm free, and hey, that nurse left her cigarettes behind, I'm gonna try one. And I guess since the matches are here on the ground, he didn't like it. Now, there's a coincidence to the Rabbit in Red Lounge we'll get to in just a moment, but first, the script. Uh, Loomis turns and quickly strides back to his car, gets in, and roars away from the lonely gas station. Of course, there's no gas station, and we don't actually see him roar away. Second 49, we see Christopher Joseph Hastings. Coincidentally, in the comics, uh, Chris had his bachelor's party at the Rabbit in Red Lounge back in 1969. He cheated on his fiancée, Sylvia, and one night she called him out to the tracks to talk. She was hit by a train while wearing her wedding dress. And when he saw Michael Myers approaching in his hospital clothes, Chris thought it was a ghost. This story is told in Devil's Do published uh, White Ghost, which is, I believe, in the Night Dance trade paperback. Uh, White Ghost is available online. I think it's even legal. Um, this one. So if you look for it, you can find it. The Night Dance trade paperback is rather expensive, so I don't have the whole thing yet. But I have Red White Ghost. Turned out to be prose, not a comic. And in unrelated to this minute news, the first nurse in that added for TV scene in minute 15, the uh, aftermath of Michael's escape, gets a name. Ethel Strickland. Regarding Christopher's death, there is this, quote, He turned to the railroad tracks a final time, two lines, veins of inevitability welded into dirt, their direction forever fixed. Just like us, Sylvia. In the distance, another train pierced the drape of raining darkness. It was here again, just as it had always been, this specter of death that would flow down those veins again and again and again. This time it felt different, and rain seemed almost warm as it painted his skin as the metal beast passed by. He felt something behind him, a presence. The same one sensed a moment before he turned to see a figure in white. Blissful tears welled up in Chris's eyes. Sylvia? The shape came toward him, white gown softly billowing in the breeze with arms outstretched. Chris dropped to his knees as if in worship, spreading his arms out, ready to be embraced. You waited for me, he gasped in exultation. She had forgiven him. He knew she would. She just needed time by herself for a while. Just needed to be reminded of how much she loved him and how perfect they were together. He closed his eyes in sweet ecstasy, her warm touch wrapping around his neck, and felt the cold darkness give way to bright, wonderful light as the bars of his prison melted away, setting him free. Free. End quote. And this, quote, If Loomis had looked further, he would have found clarification, not that it was necessary. A few feet away, a young man's corpse laid face up in the brush. Its clothes had been removed, and savage bruises decorated its neck and chest. Blood had trickled from its mouth, coagulating in its facial hair and blackening as the trail merged into the grass. It was clear that no real effort was made to hide the body. It was merely discarded without care or concern. No longer a person, just a dead thing. End quote. The novelization suggests an interesting death, the likes of which we don't see elsewhere in the film. 
Quote, his eyes stared in sightless horror at the clouds that had begun to roll in the sky. His body, however, lay stomach downward, end quote. Nicholas twisted the man's neck around. In the film, there is blood which suggests stabbing. Note from minute 33, Michael already has at least one stabbing implement. Second 54, cut two. The script has the highway scene right after Laurie in English class before Tommy gets out of school, right in the middle of minute 17. Instead, it comes after, and now at the tail end of minute 20, we get the briefest of glimpses of South Pasadena High as Haddonfield High. We get an IMDb goof. At around 20 minutes, the scene that shows Lori, Annie, and Linda walking home from school starts with them walking home from a school with outside lockers. Schools with inclement weather, such as Illinois, do not have outside lockers. Makes sense, but I couldn't neither confirm nor deny the accuracy of this online. Uh, but I would note that Red Letter Media, based in Wisconsin, did a commentary track on Halloween, and they said no schools they knew of growing up had lockers or even classroom doors on the exterior. So apparently it's true. It's just something growing up in California I didn't think about. School I went to, all the classrooms opened outside, except for one building in the high school section, and the lockers were outside. We can barely see cheerleaders in the background, but we can hear them. Cheerleaders. We're from Haddonfield, couldn't be prouder, can't hear us now, we'll yell a little louder. We're from Haddonfield. Lori and Linda just come into view, and the minute ends. That is all for Minute 20. The Michael Myers Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. You can stalk us on Twitter and Facebook at Myers Minute or Instagram, Michael Myers Minute. Or join our Facebook listeners group, 45 Lampkin Lane. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a nice review if you like what you hear. And if you really like what you hear, you can help me out by donating through Patreon at patreon.com slash Minute. There might even be some bonuses listed by the time you hear this episode. I'm not sure. i got to get around to putting those up. I did finally come up with something. Or a couple somethings. Until next time. See you later.